0: All right, well, Christmas is here, whether we're ready or not. I mean, um, kids are going to be opening up the gifts uh, tomorrow morning. It's such an exciting time, but it's most exciting for us as Christians because today is, is, is tomorrow, but, but tonight and tomorrow are, are times that we have set apart to celebrate the coming of our Messiah Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus being born. What a miracle that is. What good news that is for you and me. Now, if you're here uh, for the first time, we've been going through a sermon series called Believe. And we've been looking at some of the characters that were, were the witnesses to the birth of Christ. We talked about Mary. We talked about Joseph. We talked about the wise men. We talked about Isaiah. And tonight, we are going to talk about what we believe. What this Christian faith is all about, and this this come Messiah, this Emmanuel, God with us, what that means for us, how life-changing that is for us, and how exciting that is for us. But I want to review just a little bit uh, for you some of these characters we've talked about. So in our first week, we talked about Mary and what she believed and Jesus and being pregnant with The Son of God. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine being pregnant with the Son of God? We can only imagine how difficult it must have been for her and her family. The strange looks, the questions, the sneers, the talking behind her back. Oh, did you hear about Mary? She's pregnant with the Son of God. Mm Mm-hmm, sure. Can you imagine what her family must have gone through? especially in that time, especially in Bible times. Mary had to have an unshakable belief that this baby, this baby that she was going to carry for nine months, give birth to and mother was the Messiah, the promised Messiah. You see, Mary would have been familiar with the Torah or, or the, 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 the Bible that Jesus used. She would have been familiar with the law. She would have been familiar with all of these prophecies and stories about this coming Messiah. She had to have an unshakable belief that this baby was the promised Messiah. Mary knew that she had become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And only she would have known 100%. I mean, everybody else just had to take her word for it. But she knew that she knew that she knew she was a virgin and she was pregnant, and that this would be the Son of God. You know, belief is a powerful, powerful thing. Belief determines what we do. So as we think about this and we talk about this tonight, I want you to really, really kind of soak in. You know, what is it? What is it I believe? What is it I believe about God? Well, what is it I believe about about his son and, and, and a relationship with, with a creator God. What do I really believe? You know, Joseph originally planned on divorcing Mary after he found out she was pregnant. He was a nice guy, though. He was going to kind of do it in quiet so that she wouldn't be embarrassed and that, that her family's name would, would, would not be marred with uh, what had come and what had happened. But Joseph was, was visited in a dream by angels, and, and they said, Joseph, Joseph, this is, this is truly the Son of God. Man, this is high risk, though, for Joseph. I mean, he's going to trust, trust these, this angel that came in a dream. He's going to trust this dream. He's going to trust Mary that she's telling the truth. I think about this this is this is divinity stepping into time stepping into humanity but Jesus or Joseph believed this Jesus was the son of God belief is a powerful powerful thing then we talked about the wise men Or the Magi that came from far east, from far, far away. They made a great journey to come and witness and worship the Messiah. Man, they they came from so far. We we even looked back at how in the world did these wise men from so far east where, where the scriptures couldn't have made it to, right? There was no way. But then we looked back into the Old Testament and we remembered that the Jewish people were exiled to Babylon, the Far East. And Daniel, the prophet, was actually in the Far East and and in that time shared the Scriptures with those people. So the Magi's through some miraculous, amazing thing that God provincially provincially did, gave them the Scriptures. And they they knew there was going to be this star that came. There was going to be a sign, a miraculous sign in the skies of this Messiah, the coming promised king of the Jews. They saw it and they believed. And they made this long journey to, to come and worship Jesus. To come and, and we talked about how they gave gifts to Jesus. And then we talk about how they obeyed God's commands. And in so doing, they, they went home a different way because there was this evil king, Herod. And he heard that there was a king of the Jews from the Magi. And he said, well, when you find him, tell me about him so so I can come and worship him too. But Herod was not about to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill him because he was king of the Jews. He wanted to protect his throne. So the wise men hear from an angel. And he says, don't go back to Herod, go a different way. And these wise men, you know, we talked about how they went out of their way. They probably didn't go the main road. Anybody here ever have to get off the highway when you're on your way to go somewhere? I remember one time we were going on vacation down to North Carolina. We were taking um, the West Virginia Turnpike, and there was a wreck, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, oh, Siri will redirect us somehow. So I just get off the Turnpike, <laughs> in the mountains of West Virginia. That's a really bad idea, okay? I mean, you can, you can end up in some really bad places. I mean, we were we were... We were out there, man. I mean, you're in the mountains of West Virginia. I, I didn't know where we were. We lost connection with any type of satellite or GPS, and we were, we were on our own and fearing for our lives. So, well, these wise men, these magi, they didn't go the highway. They didn't go the main road back. It was probably pretty risky for them to go a different way. There weren't a whole lot of ways to go, and they went and were obedient. The Magi came and knelt before the king and worshiped. They gave gifts and worship, and they humbly obeyed when they were warned to go another way. And then last week, we talked about the prophet Isaiah. 700 years before Jesus even shows up, we just looked at two prophecies. A couple weeks, even earlier than that, we looked at another prophecy in Micah. But, but last week, we looked at two prophecies about Jesus before he even shows up on scene. These prophecies were so detailed. The son would be given. A child would be given. A son would be given. He would be pierced for our transgressions. This is Isaiah, the prophet, talking to God's people 700 years before Jesus actually shows up. Can you imagine sitting there? You're you're, you're in and out of war. You're trying to obey God's laws as one of God's chosen people. And the prophet comes to give you God's word. And he starts talking about a child. And you're like... Well, Isaiah, you lost me, buddy. We're about to go to war here. We're really struggling to, to follow through with what you're telling us to do. What are you talking about? He goes into great detail. He's, he says where Jesus is going to be born, what his name's going to be. he be born of a virgin. says that he will be killed, murdered, like a thief or the worst of criminals pierced for our transgressions. This amazing prophecy with details, it's undeniably supernatural and miraculous. These things that we've witnessed. We have the luxury of of going through this book and and reading these things and these historical accounts and saying, oh yeah, there it is, there it is, there it is. Then we come to today. Today. If you have your Bibles with you tonight, I hope you do, turn to Matthew chapter 1. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 1. I promise to keep it short. I know we have kids in here. I remember when my kids were little. And uh, we'll work through the story of Jesus' birth in Matthew 1, verses 18 through 25. It goes like this, the birth of Jesus Christ. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, they're not married yet, right? But they're talking about divorce. and, and it, So back in Bible times, when you were betrothed to be married to someone, it was as if you were already married. So that's wh- the kind of language that they're using. That's why they're using that kind of language. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus, the birth of Jesus Christ, God's word for us this evening. The first thing I want to pull out of this is is this. She was found To be with child from the Holy Spirit. That's a really important sentence in there. Really important truth. And it's kind of the first thing in the notes I wanted to share was we believe. What do we believe? We believe in the virgin birth. Mary was a virgin betrothed to Mary Joseph who came from the line of David. All of these things are important prophetic words that had to line up somehow miraculously this miraculous virgin birth fulfilled the prophecies in the Old Testament that the virgin would conceive. Now, there are two reasons I want to point out the virgin, why the virgin birth is so important. Firstly, it is important for us to believe this because it confirms the divinity and humanity of Christ. The divinity and and humanity of Christ, that Jesus was truly God and truly man. And that means so much for us today. It really means a lot for us. He was God. Jesus was God. So he could do what he said he would do. He said he was going to set his people free from captivity and slavery to sin and death. He was God and he could do that. He had to live up to the law. He had to live this perfect life in, in thought and in deed. And he was God, so he could do that. He was the only one who could do that. This is vitally important to the Christian faith because Jesus fulfilled the law for you and me. Because we can't. There's no way we can do it. He followed every single one of them perfectly. So when Jesus died to pay the debt for sin, it was not his sin he died for. It was yours and mine. Jesus died for you and me. This truth also means that Jesus will do what he says he will do. Jesus will come again. Jesus will come again. We are in between the first and second coming. We celebrate the first advent as we anxiously await the second. What a powerful truth. Now the second reason, the second reason that believing that Jesus was truly God and truly man is so important for the Christian faith is because it is so comforting for us to know that Jesus actually lived a human life. That he experienced suffering and loss. That he experienced temptation. That he experienced the things that that we live through and struggle through. And he can identify with those things. He's He's not some distant deity in the sky playing some harp on a cloud somewhere. He's a real God that lived a real life, was a real man. And he experienced those things, and I don't know about you, but when I go through something really hard, or I find suffering in this life, there's something really, really encouraging when I go to pray to a God who suffered betrayal, who suffered people lying about him, who suffered torture and suffered death. He's not distant from us in our suffering. I don't know what you're going through tonight. The Christmas season is such a joyous occasion, but it can be a very difficult occasion. I want you to know that God sees you in your suffering. And he knows. Jesus lost one of his best friends, and it says, Jesus wept. He is with you in your sorrows. And he was a man acquainted with sorrows. That is comforting. And that's good news. The next thing I want to pull out of this text is this. They shall call his name Emmanuel. That's a really important name. It means God with us. We believe Jesus is God with us. We believe Jesus is God with us. There's two really important realities here for us. The first one is this. Jesus came and was real. He was God in the flesh. He lived, died, and rose again. This we believe, and we just talked about that. But the second is this, that when he left, it says that he sent a counselor. He sent someone to be with us. His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, to live in all those who would believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and make Him Lord of their lives. His Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit lives inside of us, the believers. So it's not just Emmanuel, God with us, but it's also now God in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us, opening our eyes to the truth revealing the truths of scripture. When we read this apart from the Holy Spirit, it makes no sense whatsoever. But when we read this in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, he reveals what truth really is. And it changes us, and it grows us, and it means something, and it becomes real life giving to us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. It means that as I walk out this life and make mistakes and fall into sin, that God the Holy Spirit brings a a sweet conviction into my life and draws me back to God because of the love and forgiveness we find. It means that we are growing and being constantly changed to reflect the one who has saved us and now lives in us. Now, the last thing I want us to consider this Christmas Eve is this, and it's in verse 21. She will bear a son, shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. This is good news. Number three is we believe Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to save us. This means that we believe we need a Savior. The Bible says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that means that all of us, every single one of us, need Jesus Christ. It's a level playing field, guys. There's no haves and haves nots There's no people who have done good enough to make it into heaven. And there's not those who have failed to do enough good to make it into heaven. No, it is an, a level playing field. Every single one of us, every human being on the planet needs to come to the realization that we are in desperate need of a Savior, we were created, every single one of us were created with a missing link. A part of us that was, was lacking in some way. I don't know if you've ever felt it before. I know I have. As I've gone through life, I'm thinking there has to be more to this. There has to be more than, than serving at the soup kitchen. There has to be more than, than just waking up and going to work nine to five. There, there has to be more than, than just playing video games. There, there has to be more than more, more, more. There's something innate inside of us that is desperate for something more. And that something more is the person of Jesus Christ. He is what we or lacking our Creator wants to be in relationship with you and me there's nothing we can do to earn it there's nothing so horrible we could do that he wouldn't give it I want you to know right now that Jesus loves you and that before the world began he knew your name that he had set aside good things for you to do. And he wants to empower you and change you and grow you and make you the person that he's created and meant for you to be. And you can't find it without him. You want destiny? You want legacy? You want the things that are going to last? Give your life to Christ. This whole story The the whole story of humanity from beginning to end, we base our calendar around the death of Jesus Christ. It's amazing. This whole thing, this whole story of humanity is based around a person, a God-man, Jesus Christ. And if you make him the center of your universe you will find the most amazing destiny you could ever find. You will find the greatest legacy you could ever leave and be a part of because you will find Jesus Christ. We need a Savior. Now, this saving isn't just a saving from eternal separation from God and hell, but a saving too relationship with a God that loves us and has plans for us and wants to get into the details of our lives and breathe breathe life into the smallest and largest parts of who we are and what we do. Why? So that who we are and what we do reflects the glory of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. This is what God has for you and me. And this, my friends, is why we celebrate Christmas. Because the promised Messiah, who was promised hundreds and hundreds of years before he came, he has come. And he's done what he said he will do. Now as we remember this Christmas, Jesus, let's not forget what he promised. Because he's he's done what he said he would do. That makes me believe he's going to continue doing what he says he will do. He's coming back one day for you and me. And that is really good news. So do you know him? Do you know that you know that you know you know him? You're in relationship with Jesus Christ. Where would you go in eternity if today was your day? If you can't say beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would go to heaven because you know Jesus and you've accepted the sacrifice of his life for your sins and made him Lord of your life, do that right now. You were created to be in relationship with your Creator. It's not a religion of do's and don'ts, it's a relationship of love kindness, grace, mercy, change, and growth, and goodness that God has for us. Trust in Jesus today. If you do, if you're sitting there and you're like, yes, man, I know Jesus. I can't wait for him to come back again. Then you have a job to do. We have a job to do, and it's to share this good news with our neighbors, with our family, with our coworkers, and with everybody and anybody that will listen. That Jesus is good, that Jesus loves them, and Jesus has something better for them. That's what Christmas is all about. And that's why we're so excited to come tonight and worship our Lord and Savior. So we're going to continue tonight in worship, but let's pray as the band comes out. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the miraculous virgin birth what that proves to us, and what that proves about you, that you are truly God, you are truly man. God, we thank you for these prophecies that we have that were written hundreds of years before He came. That supernatural work is something we cannot deny. History cannot deny. And we thank you for that right now. Lord, we pray that you would reveal who you are, what you've done to those who don't know you. And we pray that you would reveal who you are and what you've done to us who do know you more and more and more every day. That it would change us, that it would grow us, that it would inspire us to be the people you've called us to be. Jesus, we thank you that you came. We celebrate you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.